The Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis Show, aired every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Cat Cannabis is the international best-selling author of Surviving Cancerland, Intuitive Aspects of Healing, and the host of Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod TV Show. Together, we will explore cutting-edge insights and philosophies in health, wealth, and relationships. Cat guests will be ordinary people with extraordinary stories. Now, here is your host, Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. Welcome to the show, everyone. Tonight, we have a really, really great guest with us. While we may not know when we'll go, we do have a choice how we go. End-of-life preparation is a subject, well, we may avoid, but Holly Kelly's here with us tonight to share her thoughts and guidebook on preparations for end-of-life. Sunrises and Sunsets, Final Affairs Forged with Flair, Finesse, and Functionality with Emphasis on the Fun in Functionality, touches on the spiritual and the practical in an entirely thought-provoking, charming, and novel way. Holly Kelly tackles the unapproachable topic of death and dying with heart compassion, wisdom, and yes, humor. And she inspires a more epic form of compassion, living with, helping her readers in the process of preparations for something we all must do. So welcome to the show, Holly. Oh, thank you so much, Kat. It's my pleasure to be your guest this evening. So, Holly, I was looking over all this information that I've gotten. I've got to tell you, I was just so impressed with it. And, and your subject matter is something that would, would take a very, very special person to write about. It's not something very many people would feel that they had the expertise to delve into. So tell us, how did you come up with the idea to write this book, which is much more than a book. It's actually a guidebook on how to pack your last suitcase. It is, and while I am the initial author of the book, and my name is on the front cover, the book is unique. I kind of consider it to be a hybridized book in that it is a book, it is a workbook, and a guidebook, but in the end, it becomes the reader's book. The reader takes possession of this book, and through completing the pages, they are actually the final author. And I think you would understand this well in your field because sometimes things just come to you. And I really didn't set out to write this book um, and have it be what it is today. This book um, was going to happen, and um, it took on a life of its own. I I didn't plan on any of this uh, to unfold the way that it did, but I was in school for gerontology. And at the end of your studies, you're required to do a capstone, and it's a very big decision what you're going to work on. And having been a lifelong writer, I decided that I would do something in a written form. And during my gerontological studies, I became extremely interested in advanced directives, advanced care planning, and the statistics that I discovered were just staggering, that only about a third of the the folks in the world actually complete this very, very important paperwork. And so I was set on a mission to go ahead and write a work and 
try to close the disconnect and help ameliorate uh, this problem. And so I wrote this in 10 weeks, sent it to the director of the program, and when she received it, she said, uh, sent me an email and said, if you ever do anything in your life, you must, must, must publish this. I don't think you have any idea what you've done here. And so I thought, how wonderful. I hope that gets me an A. That's exciting <laughs> that she's so impressed and happy. But I still was happy and sedentary, and I was content with life. And about a month later, a reporter called me and said, I want to do a story on your book. And I'm thinking, my book? I only turned it into one person. She goes, oh, no, everybody's <laughs> read this book. I'm like, oh, my goodness, okay, well, we'll do a story, which we did. And it was a great story she wrote. And um, I was still content and very happy with how life was in my comfort zone. And about a month later, I got a letter from a stranger it was a uh, Dr. Andrea Birch, and she wrote me and said how this book had changed her life and that she read every single page of it. Her father had just passed away at the age of 94, how much he would have loved the book. And that was my moment of epiphany. That uh, was my moment that I looked up and said, okay, got the memo, know what I need to do, I'm on board. What a great story from beginning to end. But before we go any further, can you explain to the audience what gerontology is and, and what it's all about? Sure. Um, and so many people don't understand the profession. It's um, someone who engages in the study of aging and problems of the age. Uh, they look at social, psychological, cognitive, and biological aspects of aging. And the reason it's misunderstood, it's a very diverse, multidisciplinary field, and people are trained Professionals are trained in an array of um, different venues from psychology to physiology, social science, public health, policy, many subfields such as what I do, which is writing, journalism, consulting. Um, so it's um, somebody that very much focuses on aging. And in my particular um, interest, I focus purposefully on more end-of-life initiatives. Thank you for explaining that to us because uh, I, I know that there are many different areas within this discipline. And um, so the the area that you are in then doesn't necessarily study the aging process. You go to the next step. Is that correct? I do. I do encourage people to live um, life at, at any stage um, as their bucket list. I encourage people to live their best life now. And so I am all about making aging a wonderful, vivacious, interesting, exciting journey. I do believe that the second half of life is incredible. And um, it's mm -hmm. something that I do encourage, um, wonderful, meaningful aging. But mm -hmm. I also very much focus and prepare people, actually adults of all ages, at any age, at any stage, to take care of your business, put your house in order, if you will, for things on the back end of life, when the end comes, make sure you're ready because we really don't know when that is. Right. We don't know when it is. We just know that it will be because <laughs> once you're born onto this earth plane, like my mother said before she passed over, the only way you can get off this earth is by dying. And she said, I'm ready. So, you know, I, th I think that when you are ready, it gives not only you 
who who has packed your your bag for the last time, but your family a sense of release because they realize that you're not stressed. And um, you know, and and I always look at it, Holly, as just being born on the other side. It's just a, a, another step, and we have so many stages that we go through on the earth plane from the time that we're an infant learning to to uh, eat and to walk. Uh, through, um, you know, grade school to dating to getting married to having children and then our sunset years. And we really need to embrace every single phase and live it to its fullest. And I think that that's what your book points out as well. So let's, let's talk about creating your bucket list to fulfill your dreams before departure um, uh, give, give us an idea of how someone listening right now could create their bucket list, and what is a bucket list? A bucket list is your dreams and aspirations that you wish to fulfill. Uh, a bucket list is about living and dying is the deadline. So these are all of the things that uh, are in your archive of interests. It could be doing a Netflix marathon on a series television show that you've never taken the time for, and it's just something you want to do. It can be something that doesn't cost any money at all. A bucket list could literally just be sitting outside, laying down in the grass, looking up at the clouds and enjoying that and just immersing yourself in it. And it can be big and bold. Uh, my publisher, Robert D. Reed publisher, uh, Cleone Reed, after working on the book with me so steadfastly, said the book changed her life, and she began to create her bucket list, and she's afraid of heights, and at <laughs> 70 years old, she just got back from a three-week, two- to three-week trip ziplining in Costa Rica, and that was her first beginning of the bucket list, and it is crazy how... She embraced that theory, so um, she had lists big and small, and she is just checking them off and hopes to create another list. And so that's what a bucket list does. It's inspired living, things to look forward to. When we're young, we have birthday parties Mm -hmm. that uh, perhaps our loved ones plan for us, and we're so excited. We should still continue to have that giddy nature in us when we're older. You know, and what's so great about what you just said about uh, your your publisher's uh, one of her things on her bucket list was uh, zip lining. She actually got over her her fear of heights in order to do that. So look at the major uh, jump that she took in her life uh, before Amazing. she yeah. you know hits that that deadline. So that's what a wonderful story. And I know that when uh, I was teaching full time, one of the other teachers in in uh, the school I was in. Uh, found that she she was terminal. And so she said what she wanted to do for her bucket list was take a year off from teaching completely. She didn't want to quit teaching. She wanted to teach right up to the end. But she wanted to take a year off to just totally enjoy life with someone that doesn't have to schedule anything. She took her watch off and never made any appointments, and just lived it moment to moment. She said it was the most amazing year of her life. So it's amazing what we can do with a bucket list. And I really think everybody should make one of those, don't you? I do, and um, I think it's so important, and the the sooner the better. And it's just 
it's great for a meaningful and balanced life, but it, it releases your inner child and it gives you things to plan. I mean, oftentimes it's the planning portion of something that's the most fun. The event, once it arrives, is great, but it's the looking forward to. And we all know the important role that attitude and a positive outlook and happiness and laughter plays in our overall mm-hmm. health. I know absolutely you've experienced that. And uh, it's so important that we have these things in our life. And I would venture to say that it could extend one's life because you are really promoting your own sense of well-being. I agree. So now let's talk about the difference between the bucket list that, you know, you're going to fulfill your dreams before your departure and the kick the bucket list. Um, what, What is the difference between those? I came up with the kick the bucket list, obviously kick the bucket being the idiom of intended intended (laughs) meaning to die, Um, but my kick the bucket list was a little bit different. Um, Now, the kick the bucket list is about dying, and living is the deadline, so it's the opposite of your bucket list. Uh, These are actions that you want to implement during your life that wrongs any past transgressions, alleviates guilt, uh, forgiveness of yourself or others. This is cleaning the slate of any long-held feuds you may have, an apology long overdue, um, something that occurred in your family that has led to some form of situation where people aren't communicating anymore and there's animosity. It's cleaning the Mm -hmm. slate. And Mm -hmm. I don't think that these things necessarily need to wait till someone's deathbed. I mean, give somebody that gift during their life. And let's do that today. Let's live free today so that we can live peacefully and guilt-free in an elevated form of, you know, wonderful living and also pass with the comfort and peace of knowing that we made everything right before we made our departure. What a great idea. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the Dear Loved One Letters. And uh, I think that these are really important. We're going to go into detail as to why. I just love this idea. And uh, so don't go away. Uh, We'll be back in about 30 seconds with Holly Kelly and her fabulous book, Sunrises and Sunsets. Hey, Jenna, have you seen the TV show Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod on Channel 99? OMG, I love that show. It's with Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. She's an international best-selling author and Lori Boyle, the CEO of Lori Boyle Media. Right. They're hosting a personal development seminar, Retreat for the Soul. It's about your dreams, meditation, healing, and the subconscious mind. Ooh. It sounds fun. And rejuvenating. Let's go. Where do we sign up? Their website, wickedhousewivesoncapecod.com. Did you know that you can use your own radio show to promote your business and become a celebrity in your area or industry? Do you have a great idea for a radio show or a passion that you would like to share with other like-minded people? The Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod Radio and TV hosts Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis and Lori Boyle will show you how. Go to wickedhousewivesoncapecod.com. Do you have a great story to tell or do you want to write your memoir? Best-selling author Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis and Lori Boyle, CEO of Lori Boyle Media, are the hosts of the Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod TV and radio shows. Join their Writer's Workshop Intensive to get writing and get published. Go to wickedhousewivesoncapecod.com. 
Welcome back to the show, everyone. We've got uh, a great guest with us tonight. For those of you just tuning in, we have Holly Kelly with us, and she's talking about her book, Sunrises and Sunsets. And just before the break, we were talking about the Dear Loved One letters. But before we get into that, Holly, I'd really love for you to share your contact information with our listeners. How can they get in touch with you? Oh, it's very easy. It's what the book is, uh, www.sunrisesandsunsetsbook.com. And more information is there. They can purchase the book. The book is actually released January 8th, this Friday. Um, So Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and everybody else will be fulfilling those orders at that time. But you can also buy it on my website. So although the book is about end-of-life creation, for those of you just tuning in, it's done with such finesse and fun. Uh, with fill-in-the-blank and worksheet pages that will make sure that when it is time for you to go, and we all have to go, let's face it, nobody gets to live on this earth forever, no one, you've got all of your things in order, and it makes that final journey so much easier, not just for you, you know, Holly. People forget that once you've passed over, your worries are done. It's really more for the people that we've left behind. And that brings us to the Dear Loved One letters. Can you tell us a little bit about this and and, uh, instructions on preparing one? Sure. And the Dear Loved One letters um, are kind of the culmination of working your way through the book, and it's one of the last things that you come to. I love this part of the book, and I hope that people really embrace this process. People should be writing Dear Loved One letters at any time because Mm -hmm. we know that um, there's just all kinds of things that happen in life that are unexpected. And so we just never know when our time's going to be, but we do know that Uh, accidents and things like that happen all of the time. So it's great if you have these uh, for people to read after your departure. And you would just write your wishes for this person, what they meant to you, um, what you would like for them moving forward. What what did they do that made you laugh? Uh, What were they to you? What you hoped you had been to them? And I think about a scenario of maybe a mother, uh, such as myself, has written these for her son. And I unexpectedly depart before my time. And I think that it would bring my son incredible joy to look at this sealed envelope that says, to my son, on the day you become a father. And he gets to open that on a very special day, a day that he's missing me and wishing that I was there. I just can't imagine the joy, the comfort, the peace, and the happiness that that would bring him on that day. And um, it allows you to be present from the other side and send well wishes when you're no longer here to do so in your mortal presence. So I love that your loved one letters, and I think people should compile them and continue to write them throughout their life course. And the example you gave is is um, just just astounding because at that moment when he does become a father and his son or daughter is old enough to understand the letter that you wrote, he can read that letter to them, and they get to know you, the grandmother. So, you know, it's like passing the love on or, or you know, passing it forward even after you've left. What a, what a beautiful idea. I just love it. So that brings us to writing your own obituary, obituary with fact and flair. Um, and, you know, I know that as a military brat, 
whenever my father would suddenly disappear, uh, because he was a Green Beret, he always had his own obituary written, and he had that dear loved one letter in his pocket that his team, you know, his his teammates would would have given to my mother if he had not come back. So it's not like this is such an odd thing. A lot of times when we're watching TV, when we're watching, uh, you know, war stories or even like the the things that are going on right now with, with what happened in Benghazi, what happened with bin Laden, I mean, it's happening right now in our history. Those soldiers have dear loved one letters in their pockets, and they've written their obituaries. So tell us how you came up with this idea. Well, I think it's important that we do write our own obituary because when you think about it, someone has passed, the survivors are really in a state of incredible grief and shock and bereavement. It's a terrible time for them to try to reach into their inner creative self. Uh, They have other things to tend to. It's a crazy time. It's it's Mm -hmm. mad with um, things that must be tended to that nobody really wants to be dealing with because nobody wants to lose anybody. It's the worst of times to try to figure out where was so-and-so born, um, what, what should we put in here, do we put that, do we put this. So this is truly not just a gift to yourself. Um, to have it the way you want it. It's an absolute gift to your survivors. And I call the obituary kind of the cliff note versions of your life. And it's hitting the highlights. You can tell the difference when somebody has written their own obituary versus when it's been done by family members. And when somebody's written their own own obituary, it's pretty funny. And uh, (laughs) it's interesting. And I, I have obituaries on my website if people want to go look at them that I just love and embrace because some of them are comical. And that type of written comedy helps the survivors heal. It lets them reflect uh, in a different mindset upon the loss. And I know one guy, he was, not, uh, he was frugal in his life, and his name is Doug. And his obituary has his picture, and his obituary is two words, and it says, Doug died. And I love that. That was Doug. So that's on my website, too. And so obituaries can be really creative, but they're you. They are uh, the version, written version of you and how you want it. And so I have templates in the book for people to go about doing that. You answer some questions, and the next thing you know, you're done writing your obituary, and you're like, voila, that was so easy. <laughs> yeah, and, and and it's done, and, and so you know that they're not going to be saying things about you that you might not like. Uh, that's wonderful. So give us again your, your website. If anybody listening right now would want to go onto your website, they can see what you're talking about. It's www.sunrisesandsunsetsbook.com. And so uh, our last question, because we're actually coming down to the bottom of the hour, is you suggest that that we should leave our family and archived family history with the family health history for the past four generations along with their family tree. Why is that so important? It's important for many reasons because it's often the elders that leave the genealogical fingerprint um, for the younger generation and those sorts of things in a busy, technological, diverse geographically displaced society are being lost in families. And so it's Mm -hmm. so important that we leave that information for others because it's helpful uh, for people to know where they came from. Oh, I didn't know that president was my great, 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 great. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's 
just very interesting for future generations to have this and it not be lost in your family. More importantly, medical advances are, you know, tremendous and will continue uh, to be the forefront of our society. And so I think it's important that we share family health history and we would know, okay, this skips generations, this particular ailment, mm-hmm. you know, runs in families. Oh, well, nobody in my family seems to have any issues with that, so I'm probably okay. Um, mm-hmm. It's very helpful to physicians to know your family history when you fill out those questionnaires, but so many of us do not. So that's why I included all of that um, for fun, for joy, uh, for intent and uh, purpose, uh, and just so many good reasons that we should share that type of information because it will often die off in families if it's not. Well, it sounds like we may have lost our guest, but oh, I'm here. Uh, are you there? Can I am? Uh, I think you lost the 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 last part of that sentence. But the important thing is that if you're listening, part of your bucket list needs to be to get this book. Absolutely, sunrises <laughs> and sunsets. Because there's so much in there that that you need to know and do before we hit that that deadline. So again, it's sunrises and sunsets, final affairs forged with flair, finesse, and functionality. And it's by Holly Kelly, and that's H O L L E Y. K-E-L-L-E-Y. Holly, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. This has been just wonderful. And I hope that uh, in the future you'll come back and maybe we can uh, delve into some deeper parts of this discussion. Kat, I would love that. And you're an incredible, talented host. I'm honored to have been your guest today. Thank you so much. And we have a great show for you again next Wednesday. We are going to have Dr. Brant, B-R-A-N-T, Courtright, just like the Cartwrights, but this is Courtright. And he's going to be talking about his brand-new book, The Neurogenesis, Diet and Lifestyle, How to Upgrade Your Brain and Upgrade Your Life. And he's going to be talking about the scientifically validated four-point program of diet and lifestyle that will make an improvement in your life. So as we were discussing on this show with Holly, Kelly, you know, life is precious. And although some of us, for instance, my mother knew when she was going, she knew she had so much time left, not much, but enough that she could get her house in order. She could give away the things that she cherished to the people she cherished most. And uh, she she was able to do much of what Holly was talking about. But unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you kind of look at it, some of us don't know when that deadline, quote unquote, is going to happen. And so it's really important that we get our life in order before we hit that deadline and that we live it. To our fullest, if I, if I got one thing out of this radio interview tonight, it's that we must live every moment to its fullest because we don't know when it's going to be gone. So what a great reason to start facing our fears 
like uh, Holly's friend who went ziplining through the jungle because <laughs> she had a fear of heights. You know, that's me. I can't imagine ziplining. But you know what? Now that I've talked to Holly, I think I just might try it. So thank you all for listening, and I look forward to having you on uh, listen to the show next Wednesday when we are going to be talking with Dr. Brent Cartwright. Until then, have a great week. Start to fill out your bucket list and live your life to the fullest. Thank you for tuning in to the Kathleen O'Keefe Canada Show. If you would like to comment or have an idea for the show or have a question for Kat or one of her guests, please visit her on Facebook at Kathleen O'Keefe Canada. This show and previous shows are archived on Blog Talk Radio, accessible from survivingcancerland.com and accessyourinnerguide.com. Join us again next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Until then, have a great week. 